Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today, which is May 1st, 2019. We're rolling right along into the year. It's really going quickly. Today, we are going to talk about how you can reduce and handle your stress. And it's something that we all experience, some of us more so than others, different times of our lives, different weeks, different years, but it pops up. And our guest today is an author. She's also going to talk to us about her book, Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have To, Mindful Methods for Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos. Her name is Julie. Julie, is your last name Potiker? Perfect. That's it. Excellent. Come on in. Let's well, get right here to I it. Here I am. Here I am and <laughs> glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I always like to start out by asking, how did you get on the path that you're on today? What happened? Well, like many people, there was some sort of suffering that put me on this path. And in my case, it was thinking that I was losing my mind when my three teenagers, uh, who all have ADHD, which is hard enough, you know, when you're in school, um, when they were all in adolescence, and I was so stressed out that I had the wrong words coming out of my mouth. Like, I'd say, oh, I feel bunky burvy instead of topsy-turvy, or maginal instead of magical and so I went to a neurologist to make sure I didn't have a brain tumor and he did the whole battery of tests and exams and then asked me what my life was like and when he learned what my day-to-day life entailed he recommended mindfulness-based stress reduction MBSR which is a 40-year-old curriculum created by John Kabat-Zinn at University of Massachusetts for pain patients in the pain clinic Um, And so I took that class. It was remarkable in that I realized how much control we actually have over our brain and our, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, how we can actually manage our life better. And so I started taking neuroscience classes. And then a couple years later, Mindful Self Compassion was created by Kristen Neff and Chris Germer. I took that class. That was like phenomenal. And then a couple years after that, they created a teacher training for that exact class at UCSD Center for Mindfulness. And I took the teacher training, and I started teaching it in 2014. Where where did you start teaching? 
San Diego. I live in San Diego. Okay. Were you at the university or? No, um, actually, I just sort of hung a shingle, you know, like like a sole practitioner. I'm um, I'm oh, a recovering good. attorney. <laughs> I'm a recovering uh-huh. attorney, um, so I just, just sort of marketed it and um, mm-hmm. rented space here and there and filled classes and really got kind of got my feet under me. And then I started taking other trainings, other teacher trainings, and then I started adding and subtracting things from that very specific mindful self-compassion curriculum. So I needed to change the title of the class because its brand, you know, its brand is specific. Um, And so you can't really add other people's work to that work. And so I created Mindful Methods for Life, which is my own proprietary thing. And then I tell people this is from... Rick Hansen's course. This is from Brene Brown's course. This is uh, from okay. MBSR. This is from MSC. So it's not like I made mm-hmm. any of it up, but here's how it all works together, where it comes from. <clears throat> and it's really wonderful. And then I ended up, after my mom passed away, um, opening up the Balanced Mind Meditation Center at the Jewish Community Center in San Diego, and that's where I now teach. Oh, I did that, that in, her, in my mommy's memory. Oh, that's a really um, wonderful transition. Yep, it, and it was it's, nothing it's that purposeful. I planned. It, uh-huh. it, it wasn't. It wasn't. I have to just tell you, I didn't plan it. It wasn't like on a vision board. It just sort of happened, and I just sort of things kept unfolding, and I kept rolling with it. Life takes us in certain directions. Mm-hmm. Explain to our our listeners what your method is, actually. In other words, exactly. If if somebody walked into your your office and said, I am so totally stressed out, I just can't take it anymore, what would you recommend they do? And how would that that, um, be rolled out? I got you. The first thing I would do would be to ask them whether they have a meditation practice. And if they said no, I would get that going for them. I would have them download the Insight Timer app on, um, you know, on the App Store. It's free. It's always going to be free. They're never going to get you hooked and upcharge you, <laughs> cut you off like That's Headspace nice. does. So um, I would have them do that, and then I would have them try to meditate for 10 minutes every day, um, leading up to 20 minutes being the sweet spot. But if all you have is 10 minutes, shoot for 10 minutes. So meditation is going to be huge in, in healing stress because it calms you down, it slows you down, it helps decrease your blood pressure, and your heart rate, and it decreases anxiety, it decreases depression, it increases well-being. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many. There's like probably 25 things that meditation can help you with. Emotion regulation, you're increasing mm-hmm. the gray matter in your brain. I mean, it's amazing. And it's so easy to do if you do it the way I recommend. I recommend that yeah. you do a guided meditation. I don't recommend that you just sit there and watch your your monkey mind chattering away because that can be very annoying. Yes, it can. 
And I'm glad that you're defining the type of, medit- of meditation because that was going to be my next question. You know, well, you, the word you itself want it to be easy, right? You want it to be easy, otherwise people won't do it. Exactly. And but when somebody next- says, when someone says to you, oh, well, just go meditate. So you, you sit there and you go, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to be no, quiet. That's not, you know, I guess I'll, I'll no think bueno. about my my nose for a while or my eyes for a while. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think if you want people to be successful at meditating and you're a meditation teacher like I am, you need to help them understand how often their mind is going to wander. <laughs> it does and why it does and then have them gently bring their attention back to the voice. And so it's helpful that there's a voice telling them what to do. And once you're once you're comfortable meditating, and which could take years and years to be like a solid meditator, then you can do open awareness to your heart's content and watch your thoughts and feelings and emotions arise and not get carried away by any one storyline. But as a beginner, you can't do that. It's too hard. It is. It really is. So when you when you define guided meditation, is that by a, a tape? Yeah. So if you if you go on Insight Timer and you search Julie Potaker, you can find okay. three of my guided meditations on there as well as fifteen thousand other meditations. So just pick the, the the amount of minutes you have. And then the category, what's your problem today? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? Is it loneliness? Is it grief? Or do you want to feel more joy or what it is? Because they have it by categories. And then just put your earbuds in and push push play. So that would be number one is your meditation practice. Number two is if the person who's stressed out hasn't written down a list of what brings them joy, I would have them do that right in front of me. Make time to write down a list of what brings you joy, big things and little things, and then make sure you do one or two of those things every day. That's, that's really good. Okay, so the, so the ideas on there have to be small enough that you can actually pull them off. Mm-hmm. If a trip to mm-hmm. India isn't going to work yeah. right now because you don't have the time or the money, <laughs> Maybe taking a bath would be a better thing to have on that list. (laughs) Unless, of course, you don't have a bathtub, in which case maybe having a cup of tea. So they need to be things that are going to work. That are practical. Yeah, my sister once once went to a retreat, and they didn't give the instruction for that um, completely. So spending time with her kids was on her list, but she doesn't live in the same city as them. So FaceTiming with your kids, FaceTiming with your kids would have been a better thing to have written down. Yes, yes, FaceTime. Because mm-hmm. you could pull that off. Okay. Um, yes, and then yes. um, the another thing on that list of stress help is getting a uh-huh. good night's rest because, um, you know, when you're, when you're exhausted, your shields are going to be down. Yeah. Of course. Being outside and exercising, exercising, you get some endorphins, and being outside, Mm -hmm. you get some vitamin D, and eating well, and all those things are pretty much common sense, right? Sure. Staying connected with other humans, I don't know whether that's common sense, and it's really, (laughs) really important. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's it's really important because we're wired to connect, right? We're primates. 
So we need we need that connection. Um, so that might be something that I would say where the person would say, oh, really? Because when you're bummed out, you're more likely to just submarine under the covers and isolate yourself. And that that leads to depression, that kind of isolation. Oh, I know. Then I tell people, you know, how to ground themselves with meditation, ground themselves with the soles of their feet, ground themselves using an object. And then I would say, you know, contribute what you can to charities that are doing relief work because when you're in service, it makes you feel better longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, taking time to laugh, like putting on something on TV that's funny to you. Amy Schumer, she's hysterical to me. She's raunchy, so not everybody likes her. I happen to like her sense of humor. She has a new special on Netflix that's really hilarious. And I also like Sarah Silverman for, you know, just really, she just gets me. So I just get her, I guess. Yeah, Netflix has some really good comedy movies as well. I don't know what the movie was I watched recently, but I laughed the entire two hours. It was that hysterical. So that's great medicine. It really is. You know, that's great medicine. Yeah. I wonder how, on an average, how often we laugh in a in in a single day. Well, I think it depends who you are. Um, I I find so many things funny. Like I'm mm-hmm. I have a keen sense of irony, and I also appreciate dark humor. So. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I find all kinds of horrible things funny just because life is so incredibly wacky. Well, it, it is. I mean, even when you, you have something that could have ended up quite painful for me, you know, a couple of days later, I'm laughing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when I went over the handlebars of my mountain bike last oh, week. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Um, but, I mean... You know, what do you do, right? I mean, my whole family was just, oh, my gosh, the jokes. Oh, my word. You must have been so embarrassed. I'm glad you didn't break anything. Oh, it wasn't embarrassing at all. Um, You know, it's uh, mountain biking is, is, you're going to fall. That's just how it is. (laughs) Well, I would never Uh, do it. There you go. (laughs) There you go. That's what makes us all different. That's what makes the world go around, right? Oh, yeah. We find joy in different things, right? Not that I found joy in falling whatsoever. No, 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 no. But being out in the beautiful environment, you know, in this time of year, it's really pretty. Yes, yeah, gorgeous. So let's get, let's get, um, let's talk a little bit about your book. Okay, doke. Well, my book. What inspired you to write it? Yeah, my book kind of, it was sort of like many days of typing like I was the exorcist, like I was just throwing up projectile onto the onto the screen, typing, typing, typing. I just needed to tell these stories and show how the mindful methods work. Um, so the stories are, are are like memoir vignettes. They're they're stories that happened in my life and in the life of my family and friends and in the life of in the lives of many of my students and then there are you know real practical how-to's of how to 
get your equanimity back once you've fallen out of balance because of one of these life events like, you know, death or betrayal or there's a lot of parenting stories in there because I had um, I had a lot of parenting challenges mm-hmm. when my kids were growing up. So I bet. Yeah. So it's very it's a very people have said that they love it because of the authentic voice and also because it's so practical. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to do now? Your kid just got <laughs> you just got the call from the principal that your kid is getting kicked out of high school. What are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. um you know, and then my mother got sick and died. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in there that's that's very relatable to most of humanity, all of us sure. have parents that are going to pass away. We're all guaranteed to die one day, which mm-hmm. means that we're going to lose our parents and which means our kids are going to lose us. And then where do you put that? You know, the whole impermanence of life, how do you, how do you manage that? Because it's scary. And so the books really self-help for all those big issues. That's great. Yeah, I really liked it. We can all use that. And it enabled me to reach more people than, you know, 12 people sitting in a class in front of me. I have a new class starting tonight, actually. And it's oh. something completely different than I've ever done. I'm teaching, what is it? I'm teaching a class called Soul Optimization with a rabbi who's a Kabbalist. He's teaching the Kabbalah. And I'm teaching my mindfulness, mindful self-compassion, mindful methods, positive neuroplasticity, like what I do, all the things mm-hmm. that I do, framed mm-hmm. in what he's teaching. So he's going to be teaching Kabbalah, and I'm going to be framing the meditations that I lead and the lessons that I guide in terms of what we're learning from the Kabbalah. So it's, it's we've never done it before. <laughs> So it's Whoa. starting tonight, and it should be pretty fascinating. Is it an hour-long class? or It's an hour and a half, six times. It's It probably should be two hours, but mm-hmm. we're just we're just going for it. And mm-hmm. I think right now our, um, our community, because we were so shattered by the anti-Semitic terrorist mm-hmm. attack Saturday morning that took the life of actually a woman that I know, Lori mm-hmm. Kay. Um, it's it's horrible timing for the class on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's perfect timing for the class because it's one more way for people to heal in community with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bring you together mm-hmm. on common ground. Yep. Monday night there were 5,000 people at a rally against hate at the public high school in Poway on the out on the sports field. Jeez. So people are people are figuring out how to manage their stress and sadness and heartache and outrage and what have you here mm-hmm. in San Diego by joining together. Mhm. Which is gorgeous. It is and it it isn't anything that we'll probably hear on the news anywhere, you know, outside of San Diego. So I'm glad you gave yeah, that word Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. It's I'm so inundated because I'm in the middle of it that mm-hmm. that um in my in my view, I feel like mm-hmm. it's the whole world right now. Mm-hmm. But you're probably right. Yeah, our, you know, 
the news media is interesting <laughs> these days. Anderson Cooper was on CNN Monday night um, after the funeral, after Lori Kay's funeral, and he was interviewing Rabbi Goldstein, the rabbi that got his finger shot off in the mm-hmm. shooting. I saw I saw that interview. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, it's it definitely made the international news, but I'm still mm-hmm. in it, and I'm sure people have already gone back to their lives. Exactly, and that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you said 5,000 people showed up at a rally, I don't think that's going to be to the level that the other was. Yeah, yeah. It's good, though. It was all the clergy people, I think, in town, like all the priests, ministers, mm-hmm. imams, rabbis. It was one big, fabulous. And I didn't go because I was bringing dinner to a girlfriend of mine who was really close with Lori Kay, and she couldn't mm-hmm. be at the funeral because she had surgery, and Lori was actually supposed to have brought her dinner that night. Mm. So I brought her dinner that night. So that that was like how that went. And and Lori Kay was there because her mother had passed. Yeah, she was there to say mm-hmm. um, a prayer because mm-hmm. there's a memorial service at that specific last day of Passover. But Lori, mm-hmm. that that synagogue, she was an observant Jew, so that synagogue was you know really where she hung out and she helped build it. So it was likely that she'd be there anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. Well, I've kind of developed this this um, belief that good people tend to die a lot more so than not such good people. Really? So perhaps, so perhaps there there is something to that. In other words, we go to another place. That's pretty spectacular. We just get there earlier than everybody else. Wow, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was once interviewed by these two totally groovy women. It was like, I think the podcast is con- Conscious Conversations with Janet and Joan or Joan and Janet. I don't know. It sounds like a Saturday Night Live skit. But meanwhile, uh-huh. those women and you could have this whole conversation because I'm not as metaphysical or spiritual but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. they are com- they would completely dig what you just said and they'd be like oh of course mm-hmm. of course that's what mm-hmm. happens yeah it just i had some, just, I, I i had some it just wild seems to be in front of me it seems yeah. to be in front of me a lot and so I, that's just what i've come up with well Everybody's supposed to do random acts of kindness now in um, in in honoring the memory of Lori Kay. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. That's our charge. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, there you go. We ought to be doing but that. But we anyway. should be doing. But we should be doing that all the time anyway. Right, and I think people who have those values are. Mhm. Mhm. You know, I happen to have those values anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do for random acts of kindness? I'm extremely um, available to my friends and family. Mm -hmm. So if they get 
in a situation where they need help, I'm right there for them. Mm-hmm. They know I'm there for them. I'll drop whatever mm-hmm. to help them. And I do that a lot. That's how this woman was. She mm-hmm. seriously used to like drop off flowers, drop off dinner, drop off homemade holla, you know. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Her her mm-hmm. daughter's eulogy was the most astonishing thing I ever saw. I actually posted it. It's a YouTube video, and I posted it on my business Facebook, Mindful Methods for Life, because I thought it was miraculous. It's 20 minutes of, like, complete miraculousness. Wow. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, you will, you will love it because you hear about mm-hmm. somebody died, but you don't really know who they are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this 22-year-old did a magnificent, magnificent job of really painting a picture of who this woman, her mother, mm-hmm. was. Yeah. So this has probably gotten us way off track, but I like talking to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to go there. You know, I think I think you. that's true. <laughs> I think we, that's true. We had to go there. Yeah, we needed to do that. I think tonight in my class I'm going to be doing that. I think we're just going to be doing that in San Diego for a while now, you know? Sure, sure. Because you're integrating it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's so... Um, well, it's very it's raw so right surreal, now. Right? It's yeah. so surreal, right? It's so surreal. You have to mm-hmm, exactly. You have to figure out where to put it. Well, you know, in your book, you talked about how um, you need to know what your core values are mm-hmm. in order to give yourself a course correction, mm-hmm. because we tend to veer off track a lot in life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you mean by it? Well, it's kind of like what we were just talking about. So that what a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, you drop everything for your friends and family. Mm-hmm. So so that would that means that your core value, one of your core values is friends and family. Mhm. So if all of a sudden you were so busy working at your job and people called you and you couldn't be there for them, it would feel bad to you. Mm-hmm. Like in your body, you'd Mm -hmm. feel bad because you weren't living in accordance with your core values. So there's exercises to do to figure out what your core values are if you didn't know what they are, right? There's so many of them, like on the nonviolent communication um, website. I talk about it a lot in my book. There's a whole Musar, which is a, a system of ancient Jewish finding out what your core values are and working with them. Like if one of your core values is patience, let's say, Mm -hmm. you might put a phrase like open up a space between the match and the flame, and you might write that down on a three-by-five card and have it where you can see it around your house in five or six different places and in your car to remind yourself that you're working on your core value of patience or If one of your core values is humility, you might write down no more than my place, no less than my space, and have that around to remind yourself that you don't want to 
suck up all the air in the room, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you don't want to be in it, you don't want to be invisible. That there's a balance. Mm-hmm. So it's all about balancing mm-hmm. your core values so that you can let your light shine out into the universe, so that you don't have a cloud covering them. Have you? run across individuals who just don't want to meditate, but they want some other form of uh, the ability to reduce their stress? Oh, sure. There was a, I was teaching at San Diego state last week. Mm -hmm. um, And one of the young students, it was an undergraduate class in the school of public health. And she came up and sat down next to me and she said, I just can't sit still. And I said, well, I think you should try Qigong or Tai Chi or one of the other movement meditations or just taking a mindful walk. When you're opening up all your sense doors, we call them sense and savor walks in the mindful self-compassion curriculum, where you're walking and you're feeling your feet on the ground and you're feeling your legs and your, you know, your muscles move and you're feeling the air on your skin and you're feeling your arms if they're swinging and then you're like seeing what you can see and hearing what you can hear because all that time you're not worrying and you're not ruminating. So that's actually a mindfulness activity. I wouldn't necessarily call it meditation. I would call it mindfulness. Well, for myself, when I take our dogs out Mm -hmm. for close to two mile walk pretty much every day mm-hmm. and I'm out in the country. Nice. That's exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just observing all the animals and all the sounds and everything that's around me, even the, the leaves on the trees. So that's a mindfulness and daily life activity and that actually equals like mental health as much as time sitting down on a cushion doing a meditation would. Just so you know, like that is fantastic brain health because you're giving your brain a break from um, ruminating and worrying. And you can do that if you're cooking and you're like in the zone, chopping vegetables or, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to music. If you're letting the music carry you away, those are Mm -hmm. all mindfulness and daily life activities that are fantastic for brain health. Mm-hmm. For stress reduction, I mean, it's wonderful, and they're easy to do because you're already doing them. All you have to do is stop worrying and stop ruminating while you're doing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Oh, it's really interesting. You have so what much control can... over your brain; it's amazing. I know. Well, the mind, the mind-body connection is tremendous, and it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do a lot of shows about health and. The connection is so strong, and we have such abilities to self-heal. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, but you have to you have to set the intention to do it, and then you have to do it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Got to follow through on that. <laughs> you got to follow through on that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else is going to do it for you. You can't it's hire true. anybody. You have to do it yourself. And actually, that brings me up. That brings up a, a, an important point. You need to do it when you don't need it so that you have it when you do. Oh, I you like need, that. Yeah, you need to practice. Ah. Listeners, if you're just joining in, we're talking with Julie Potiker, and we're discussing how to reduce and handle stress effectively. She's the author 
of the book, Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have To, Mindful Methods for Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos. What else would you like to talk about? Well, I'd like to talk about the practice called RAIN. It's an acronym, R-A-I-N. And I found it to be the, the best in managing difficult emotions. Of all the other courses that I've taken, curriculum that, I'm take, that I've taken, this is, this is the best one. And it's not created by Tara Brock, but it's definitely popularized by her and it's taught by her in a really great way. If you go to her website instead of my website, well, you can actually find her website on my website, but it's tarabrock.com. Anyway, um, RAIN, recognize that you're having a, a negative emotion. So, mm-hmm. oh, I, I notice anger coming up or I notice anxiety coming up or fear coming up, allowing it to be there, naming it so that you step you step outside of it almost. It's like not I am anger, but I notice anger arising, right? Do you see the difference of that? Okay. Then investigating why it's there, which is usually some situation that's triggered it or causing it, but do that gently. And then nourish yourself by telling yourself what you need to hear right now. You know, this too shall pass, or you're strong, or it'll be okay, or whatever it is that you need to tell yourself to make yourself soothed. And then popping in a memory, reminiscing of a time that you felt really great and letting that land so that you push that mental state to a neural trait. So that's sort of a combo of, rain and taking in the good back to back and it really can help people feel better um and the thing that i didn't say which i should have said first is soothing touch where you place your hands where you find them most soothing which for a lot of people is on their heart but for some people it's their belly or their cheeks or arm in arm or hand in hand because you release oxytocins and endorphins to calm down your nervous system so you know when you're in fight flight freeze you've got the cortisol and adrenaline Mm -hmm. soothing touchdown regulates that so you feel the something coming up that doesn't feel good like fear anger anxiety sadness whatever you do the soothing touch and then you go through the r the a the i the n and then you pop in a positive mental state and it's interesting because last week I had a client one-on-one and she was confused about popping in a positive mental state because she thought reminiscing would be bad because she learned from Eckhart Tolle in his book uh, that you should be present and I mm-hmm. said oh that's so interesting we need to clear this up because popping in a a positive mental state is actually you taking control over what you're putting in your brain. And it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling up a time when you felt fantastic, when you, you know, you were FaceTiming with your grandchild or you saw that waterfall or you were skydiving or whatever it was, you were walking your dogs in the sunshine, even though that's not right here right now, you're choosing a memory of when you felt good to wire and fire your neurons in your brain, that's a good thing. Take that, actually. When, take that, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. So, so when you <laughs> do that exercise in the mm-hmm. steps that you've just been describing, mm-hmm. yep. 
will that fear completely disappear? Maybe not, but you'll probably feel a lot better. And you're doing it, and here's a nuance, okay, also. You're doing it not to resist that you feel bad. Mm -hmm. You're doing it because you feel bad you are nurturing yourself. And because you feel bad you're giving yourself self-compassion, that usually helps it to soften. Okay. Hmm. And it's easy. It just takes practice. I do it like literally automatically, but I've been doing this for nine years. Okay. Yeah, it seems like everything takes practice. Everything does. What do they say that? Mm-hmm. 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. How many times you hit a tennis ball or a golf ball or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, those are really good. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? Well, I think you should wish me luck for tonight. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you're going to do great. I think it should be pretty interesting. But you know what I mean? It's like here I am. I'm a so-called expert, and I'm nervous teaching a new curriculum because I'm human. Exactly. So that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's a good thing it to is. have have that have that humility and to know that most people would be nervous, and it's okay mm-hmm. to be nervous. It's one mm-hmm. of the pillars of mindful self-compassion is common humanity. It's the third one. The first is mindfulness because you have to know you're suffering in order to treat yourself kindly, right? The second one, self-kindness, treat yourself True. like you would a dear friend, and the third is common humanity. How many of us are there? Like. Seven and a half billion. So there's a lot of people that share whatever it is you're going through at any moment. You've got probably yeah, but, but a billion you, people. I know, but you also understand that when you take on a, a new project, a new goal, you and you succeed at it, there's there's um, amazing growth in that experience. So I'm going to grow up bigger tomorrow. You are. I'm going to call you, you totally up and are. I'm going to say I'm 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 ten feet tall. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. I remember one Is time I any... had to give this. Uh, one time I had oh, to give a speech in front of five hundred people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Were you sweating? Um, uh, well, no. I mean, I I got a speech coach, and I was coached for probably over a period of a month. Wow. Before I went up there and gave that speech. And how'd it go? And oh, it went very, very well. It's it was interesting how while I was up there and my mouth was going, right? I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I still was able to see the actual faces of people in the audience and how they were reacting. So you have it was like two visions going on there. Almost That's like an fantastic. out of body experience. Almost like an out of body experience. <laughs> you know, you're. <laughs> You're giving your speech, and then you're looking out there at these people looking at you and watching what they're doing. It was like, whoa. (laughs) That's really cool that you had that perception. When I I did my book talk at Warwick's, which is our local bookstore down here in La Jolla, Uh um, it was the most amazing love bomb of an evening. There was a, a whole audience, you know, 95 people. They went all the way to the door, kind of kind of Wonderful. like 
beaming love at my face, and my face was and chest was beaming love back at them. And I actually mm-hmm. use that example in my memory when I want to pull up a positive mental oh, state. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's one of my, like, snapshots, and it comes mm-hmm. with all this packaging of, like, heart warmth, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you could use that triumph of your 500-person <laughs> keynote address. You could, if if it made you feel really good, you could use that when you're when you want to pull up a positive mental state. True. Well, and then of course afterward, you know, they all were coming up up to me. They wanted That's to talk so fun. to me. So that was yeah, that was interesting too. So, well, you know what? It's been a delight talking with you, Julie. And I truly hope that everything goes well for you tonight. I'm sure it will. A new experience, a new growth. And um, you have a website. Why don't you give it to our listeners? It's and if mindful, they want to buy your book, where do they go? Oh, Amazon. It's um, it's okay. mindfulmethodsforlife.com, and the the four is F O R. It's spelled out. So okay. mindfulmethodsforlife.com, and um, there's a really good reading and resource tab on there that's like a library of all of my teachers books and their websites and their newsletters much of it is a great idea great um and there's um there's also a media tab on there so you can see different podcasts and interviews that i've been doing and um it's just it's a good resource it's a it's a it's like a library i'm a nerd it's like a good library um and then the 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 facebook business thing is just a happy healthy you'll never see anything You'll never see anything negative on there. It's like a happy, healthy place mm-hmm. um, where I share other people's posts when they're happy and healthy. And, Good. Um, yep. It's just really it's it's as much as as much as people are down on Facebook. It's it's a good use of social media, and that's mindful methods for life. Also. Good. Really good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hope to talk to you again. Okay. We will invite you back. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. That is our show for today. Thank you for listening in. And we'll be back again next Wednesday at 4 p.m. That's California time. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?